Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. Current events, local, world news, and what's trending Saturday afternoon at 3.40 p.m. Thank you for joining me. on the show. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. I hope everything is well with you. Things here in Canada, here in the province of Ontario where I reside, uh, things have been pretty hectic. Um, A lot of the provinces here are just crawling out of the lockdowns and the stay-at-home orders and the vaccine campaign is is uh trying to get back on track because of the uh, delays we have had from pfizer and moderna of of getting these vaccines here to to uh, canada now The advice that we're getting after being vaccinated is that to still follow the public health advice and makes good and make good decisions after getting vaccinated. Now, since the campaign for vaccinations is starting to roll out once again. Um, I was talking to my parents this morning and, um, they are tomorrow starting just after lunch in the retirement home that they reside in. They are going to be getting their first shots of the COVID-19 vaccine which has taken a lot of stress off of me because every time I turn around and I watch the news and I read the news, you know, another retirement home or a nursing home has an outbreak. 
so far we've been very, very lucky with the retirement home that our parents live in. They didn't have a single case. So we're very, very fortunate that they didn't have an outbreak there. My father is 80 years old. My mother is 76. But my father has had, in the past five years, bypass surgery, open heart surgery, a stroke, and he has survived all of this. And the last thing that we needed was him to get COVID. And thank God that didn't happen. So what kind of decisions are you gonna make after you're vaccinated? Are you going to feel like Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman? You know, or are you going to have the shield of armor? You know, so, you know, that decision that you're going to make, you know, even though, you know, we're still going to have all of these, these, um, health advisory is still in place. There's still going to be mask wearing. There's still going to be social distancing. There's still going to be a limited amount of people allowed to be going into um, shopping malls, restaurants, small businesses. So, like for myself, you know, it's going to be still some time, you know, before I see any needles going into my arm. But what's most important here is that the most vulnerable in our societies get vaccinated first. I probably won't see the first shot in my arm until probably July or August. So in the meantime, every decision that I make has to be the right decision. Now I go to work Tuesday through through Friday. I come home in the evenings and unless I have to go and pick things up um, at the grocery store, I'm home. And on weekends for today, for an example, um, I had to go out uh, because my parents needed a a few things. So 
essential items. So I went and picked those things up for them, dropped them off at the retirement home, and they then will take them to uh, stuff to their apartment in the retirement home. And then I come home, and here I am. I'll be staying home for the rest of the day, the rest of the night, all day tomorrow because it's my regular scheduled day off. I don't need to go out for anything. I don't need anything essential. It's not like, you know, because, I mean, we can right now if we want, we can go visit somebody. But I don't want to do that. I want to stay away from human beings as much as possible. Except for when I go to work. That's when, you know, then I have to be in contact with people, you know, when I do deliveries and pickups. You know, but very limited contact because, you know, um, Businesses have all their protocols in place as well. So, you know, it makes my job um, a little easier. Feel more comfortable, you know, going to work. Now, what they're asking you, though, even though when you get vaccinated, you know, first and foremost, we need to follow the advice of the public health experts. Whatever the public health leadership says, that's what we need to listen to. We're very lucky right now here in the province of Ontario. Well, there's, you know, a couple places that are not so lucky right now because um, I don't know if you heard me talk about um, the color, the color codes um, that we're using here across Canada on on reopening. So we have the gray lockdown, and we have the red um, restrict, which London, the city that I live in here, is in the uh, red restrict. is It's very limited. Of what of what you can do, you can only have like, you know, if you decide to go to a restaurant, there can only be ten people in that restaurant, and only four people at a table. So to give you a perspective, how strict that red that red uh, color is, and. Um, it's only been what one week and they're you know they're gonna wait till the end of the month and you know see where our case counts are here in, in the city of london each each you know um community or or large um cities like toronto for instance they are staying in lockdown. They're, they still have the stay-at-home orders in the city of Toronto 
And originally they were going to look at it today and see if they're going to be moving from the gray to the red and they're not, they're going to stay in the gray until March the 8th. It's a larger area. It's, it's the most populated city here in Ontario. So they're going to be staying in lockdown until March the 8th. Now, currently the public health officials are asking all Canadians to continue to abide by the measures in place to slow the spread. Including, and like we hear this, God, man, you know, we hear this every single day. You know, they say this every day, they drill it into your head, right? Social distance, wearing a mask, practice good hand hygiene, and only leave home for essential trips only. Every time I look at the news on my laptop or I watch the news on the TV, it's the same message. Even though you have been vaccinated. Canada's chief public health officer, Dr. Teresa Tam, said stringent, strong, and sustained community-based public health measures and consistent adherence to individual practices is needed in order to protect against the new and the more transmissible variants of the coronavirus. Which, by the way, in all 10 provinces, of, of Canada, excluding the three territories, we have the new variants. All three of them. Not a lot of cases, but enough. Enough to give you an eye opener that these measures that we have in place still need to be adhered to. She also urges all Canadians to limit their contacts to the fewest number of people for the shortest amount of time and at the greatest distance possible while wearing a face mask. Now, that doesn't mean since you've been vaccinated that you call up your girlfriend or you call up your buddy. Yeah, let's go down to the local pub and have a glass of wine or have a couple of beers, catch the game. I mean, you can because right now the, the restaurants are open. But maybe not all your friends 
have been vaccinated yet. Now, they're talking by spring, Canada will likely see a transitionary period when the most vulnerable of the COVID-19 and the elderly have been vaccinated. But the majority of the general public has not yet had access. This will, this will be sometime at the end of March to June as Canada ramps up its vaccine rollout. And that's if there isn't any more delays from Pfizer or Moderna. Now, I was on earlier talking about, you know, people, you know, Canadians, you know, they're blaming the, the, the Canadian government for this vaccine rollout that we're lagging behind. Somehow, it's the government's fault. When Pfizer turned around and they said, we need to ramp up a facility in Europe. So this is going to delay vaccines. But somehow that's the government's fault. People are blaming the government because we're lagging in, in getting these vaccines out. I certainly would not want the government's job. Not because we're in this pandemic and how difficult things have, have been. And to get these vaccines and then only to fall behind because Pfizer and Moderna need to ramp up their facilities somehow. And then how somehow that comes falls back on the government and somehow it's their fault. I don't see it that way. We're lagging behind because Pfizer needed to upgrade a facility in Europe. Now they also look at if hospitals are decompressed and there is a downward trajectory in the number of new cases, the most stringent of public health measures could be lifted by spring and small gatherings or bubbles could be allowed again in some areas. And that's depending on, you know, big population, metropolitan cities such as Toronto, you know, like I'm not going to hold, I'm not going to hold my breath, you know, for, you know, say July, hey, all of a sudden everything's back to normal again. No, we're still going to be following these, 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 uh, these stringent health public measures. Because even by June, Canada, the population, will still won't be vaccinated. 
And we only have a population of 37 million. Now, what I read the other day with the United States, something like 50 million people have been vaccinated. We're only just over a million here in Canada has been vaccinated. So we're really lagging behind. Some people might feel more comfortable, you know, going to see their grandparents or their elderly friends who have been vaccinated based on their risk or their threshold. And others won't feel that comfortable. And that's okay if you don't feel that comfortable, even though they have been vaccinated and you have been vaccinated, people still may not feel that comfortable because this vaccine has, has or not this vaccine, but this COVID-19 has killed so many people. And these new variants that are out there. It's about making, it's about making sure that you're making a good decision. The vaccine approved for use in Canada worked really well. So does the flu vaccine. The flu, the flu vaccine, I think, is about 98% effective. I think the Pfizer is something like 95% effective, which is pretty and amazing in itself that we even have a vaccine so soon. And that is pretty clear that significantly reduced the probability of infection. And if people are unlucky enough to get infected, they significantly reduce the probability of severe infections, like the flu. Some people, you know, some people get the flu really bad. Other people don't. People get the flu shot. They might not get the flu at all. Maybe this is the way this vaccine will work with COVID. He goes on to say that the vaccines are not 100% perfect. Well, like I said, neither is the flu vaccine. So he wants, to, wants people to keep in mind to make the informed decision and work within their own comfort zone and their own risk threshold.
you know, they're told to, you know, you know, saying most people should feel more confident about going shopping, for example, or going to see their grandkids. I have two. Or giving your granddaughter a hug after they are vaccinated. Now you see less than 2% of Canadians are vaccinated. Now, according to the Health Canada, as of Thursday, 1,846,340 doses of the two approved COVID-19 vaccines had been distributed across the country. Of those 1,468,250 doses have been administered to date, meaning that 1.97% of Canadians have been inculated against COVID-19. That is pretty low. Out of a population of 37 million people. And like I said, it was, it, the vaccines were hampered by multiple delays from both Pfizer and Moderna. But the government still maintains that the country is on track to receive 6 million vaccines, 4 million doses of the Pfizer, and 2 million from Moderna by the end of March. So that means three more million Canadians can get vaccinated. You know, we'll all be better off as we see doses coming into Canada, getting into people's arms, helping our parents, grandparents, and getting our essential workers vaccinated as we move into the spring. We're going to get there, and we're very much on track to ensure that everyone who wants a vaccine will get vaccinated by the end of September. Even so, Canada has fallen considerably behind its closest allies when it comes to vaccines rollout. Now, just last week, the United States was vaccinating an average of 1.7 million people a day. And by Friday, 12% of the country's population had received at least one dose. In Britain, over 17.2 million people have received their first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine and more than 604,000 people have received both shots. Canada is nowhere close. On Sunday, the British government announced it is now aiming to administer a first dose to every adult in the country by July 31st.
you know, Canada was the third country to receive these vaccines. And it started off looking pretty good, like I said, until uh, Pfizer needed to, uh, you know, upgrade a facility to keep up with the de- of the of the demands of the vaccine rollout. I mean, just think of the logistics of it on an epic scale worldwide. But when something goes amiss, somehow some people think that is the government. It's like the government should have seen it coming. It's like the government should have known that Pfizer was going to slow down production because they have to upgrade a facility. The the government never saw it coming. Pfizer, it was like a drop of a pen, said, nope, we got to do this right now. So here we are, lagging behind, but we're going to get caught up. And critics alike, even the opposition parties here in Canada. I know you have two parties in the United States. We have the Liberal Party. We have the Conservative Party. We have the NDP. We have the Green Party. Four different parties in government. In the House of Commons in Ottawa. The Liberal government, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, has to take criticism from these bench burners of these other parties because of the rollout of vaccines. His biggest critic is Aaron O'Toole. I like to leave the name, the, the, the letter O off his name. Because he's the best, he's the best of the best when it comes to criticizing. That's what he's always been known for. He's just a, you know, he, he's a he's a member, uh, he's a he's the leader party of the conservatives, and he is the critic of all critics. Instead of criticizing the government, it is best right now to be working together. They even talked about a spring election here in Canada. 
We're not calling one anytime soon. It might happen in the fall, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see when that happens. But it's not just government criticizing government, it's citizens. You know, I mean, you can criticize all you want. Not going to change anything. You know, just get yourself all worked up over something that you have no control over. But if you think you can do a better job, then by all means, you know, work on your French, you know, because here in Canada to, to be in the federal government, you have to be able to, you have to be bilingual. You have to speak French and English fluently. And then, you know, join a party, work up through the ranks, because you have to be voted by the party to be the leader of the party, which then you can run for prime minister. And that's going to take you a few years. And you still might not even get there. It's not like anybody can just come along and throw their hat in the circle and say, I'm running to be prime minister. That's not how it works here in Canada. But you can stay on the sidelines and criticize. Read between the lines. Don't look at the real picture of why we're in this shortage of vaccines to begin with. My opinion is, is not the point of pointing the finger at the prime minister or the procurement minister. You want to point your finger at somebody, you point it at Pfizer and Moderna. They're the ones who slow down the deliveries of these vaccines to Canada, not the government. But everybody's really quick to jump on the horse and blame the government. So how are you going to do things after you're vaccinated. What decisions are you going to make? I mean, are you are you going to feel bulletproof? Because COVID-19 
It doesn't mean that it's going to be over in the springtime. I'm hoping that we're going to have way far less cases than what we do right now. Just in Ontario, just I think it was Friday, I think they reported just over a thousand cases of COVID. Now that's down considerably from December, January, when we were seeing a seven day average of 4,000 cases. And now that compares to be considerably low, I mean, to the United States and in the United Kingdom. When you were, when you were seeing 400,000 cases compared to 4,000 cases. So I hope that just keeps going down. And as the vaccines roll out, patience is a, is a virtue. And I know people's patience have been running thin. I get it. I understand that. Businesses hurting. People hurting. Lives lost. Here in Canada, when they tell us that we have, you know, for an example, you know, say 880,000 cases. And then you look at the recovery of well over 745,000. You know, roughly leaves 32,000 active cases in the entire country. And you spread that out through 10 provinces and three territories. Ontario and Quebec are carrying the brunt of those cases, Ontario being the largest province in Canada. Even when September rolls around, when everybody here in Canada is eligible to get the vaccine, well, then we just have to, you know, just still bear down. You know, maybe, just maybe, by the end of this year, COVID will be gone. I wish I could say for sure. But this definitely looks like it's going to be a two-year pandemic. In provinces across the country are slowly coming out of these lockdowns. The emergency orders and the stay-at-home order. I think this time they're going to be more cautious 
on how we're going to move forward on reopening the economy than we were last spring. Really didn't know a whole lot about it. About COVID last spring being a new virus. And then reopening up in the spring and more in the summertime and, you know, just about having free reign. And it was something like August, September, they're talking about a second wave. And then fall comes. And then winter shows up. And here we are in a second wave. And then they start talking about a third wave. I don't know if it's fear mongering or what it is. I hope it's not going to be a third a third wave. I hope that these these variants of this of COVID nineteen, you know, don't really start to take a hold because then potentially could be a third wave. Certainly don't want to go back into lockdown and stay at home order. I don't know how much more the economy can handle of that. I don't know how much more people can handle of that. But for the time being, what we got right now for reopening, it's still a wait and see. It's like holding your breath and hoping and praying that there isn't going to be any more lockdowns. But like I've said time and time on my show here. That that depends on us. That depends on how well we're going to keep following the rules. Right now, it's just a wait and see. So thank you for coming out this afternoon and joining me. It was nice to see you again, Lightbright. And that, and uh, to everybody, thank you. And of course, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., I will be back out here. I did put up the show already. So while you're on Podbean, you can um, see that schedule, see what that show is about. And also, um, my podcast is in Google search. And 
of course now also too you can find it on player fm you can find me on listen notes always on iHeartRadio, spotify podbean of course and that so but just bear in mind if you if you listen to player fm or listen notes they're generally a day behind on episodes same with uh spotify but here on podbean when i'm done with this episode and it's published it's up immediately so like i say i'll be back out tomorrow morning at 10 a.m so i hope you can join me then take care have the rest of the sunday have a good rest of the sunday um have a good week i hope you can join me tomorrow morning and we'll just go from there thank you this is the truckers podcast I am your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Take care. Thank you.